Welcome to the Best Coast Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brandon Turpin. I'm here with just Jordan today. Josh is out sick. How you doing today, Jordan? I'm doing great. How you doing, man? Good, good, good. Just chilling, man. How'd you uh, How'd you feel about the Thursday night football game? Oh man, it was uh, it was a fun game. Um, bummed about you know the Herbert injury, but uh, hopefully he's going to be okay. Um, but yeah, I mean uh, Chiefs. Chiefs are looking good again, despite losing Tyreek Hill. I mean, Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, but man, he uh, he had some issues there, didn't he? He did. I, overall, I, I really thought the Chargers honestly looked like the better team. I, I, I mean, obviously that pick six, I, I don't know if that was coaching or, you know, I kind of feel bad for Gerald Everett because he had a phenomenal game, but he's catching a lot of flack for his lack of effort on that touchdown. But like, you know, I thought the the Chargers looked really good. I thought Mahomes got away with three or four passes that should have been picks. I mean, a couple of them called back on flags. And uh, I, th- I mean, the Chiefs are good, but I just I don't know that I can trust anybody on that Chiefs passing offense besides Travis Kelsey. Like, is that how you feel? Well, it's Kelsey and. Uh... I feel like CEH, you can continue to play. Uh, he had like four targets and four receptions in this game. He continues to get enough usage and be efficient on his touches. So I think you can keep rolling CEH out there. Definitely Travis Kelsey. But yeah, I agree. Outside of that, I don't really want to play the wide receivers in Kansas City. Yeah, that's how I feel. Mike Williams, though, finally came out with that incredible game eight catches for 113 yards and a beautiful one-handed touchdown uh i needed that so bad and it was so good to see him do it again um you know i just hope they utilize them like that you know when that catch was great uh keenan allen does come back i mean they both yeah they both can do it i i just i don't get why it was like he was so non-existent in game one and just so good in game two like, I hope they just continue to game plan both of them in. Uh, CH was real agree, efficient he's again. A, he's a great uh, weapon for from, that offense. Yeah, definitely. CH, uh, uh, 12 touches for 118 yards again. Had that, uh, I think it was a 52-yard run. Didn't even look like he meant to run the ball that far. He had both hands over that ball just running, and all of a sudden the hole opened up, and he was gone. He just, you know, it was a, a great great real efficient from him again i mean he's everyone was down on him and he he looks pretty good this year i i gotta say they're utilizing him correctly and Jarek mckinnon too it was a really nice run and i think the only thing going through his mind was don't fumble don't lose this game that we are about to lock up like he's you know he's struggled to have these opportunities and now that he's finally getting the opportunities i think he was very in his head about you know don't don't throw these opportunities away. And maybe if he'd been uh, a little more aggressive, he might've been able to score on that play, but you know, it it makes sense. Just, uh, you know, get the win. Don't fumble. Don't do anything stupid and and just move on to the next week. Is Isaiah Pacheco, somebody in a redraft league, you're just dropping now. I mean, it was clear that it was CEH and McKinnon getting the one, two, you know, wasn't much Pacheco. Is he somebody that you would just drop uh, with McKinnon being the next man up? 
I would definitely drop him in a redraft. If it's a really deep league, uh, you know, where where pretty much every handcuff is owned, then I think he's maybe still worth owning. But if there's better guys on the waiver wire, absolutely. He's somebody you can drop. Are you interested in Jarek McKinnon at all? That's where I was. I was torn. I kind of am. I mean, he had some good utilization. He's somebody that I certainly would not be letting sit on your waivers. I mean, he's somebody that I think should be rostered as a just in case because they're showing that they want to use the running backs this year. This is a different type of offense than we've seen out of the Chiefs. And I I think he's somebody that should be on somebody's roster. He should be rostered in every league because you just if something happens to CEH and he gets, you know, 80 percent of the work. He's going to have a lot of usage and could be a, a huge break later on in the season if something happened. Well, I think I think maybe that's where my issue is with McKinnon is that I don't think even if CEH went down, I think they're going to continue with kind of the same approach where it'd be very split between McKinnon and uh, Pacheco. So uh, I think they're probably both worth owning to at least see what would happen there. But Again, if you've got better options on your waiver wire, guys, you could start right now. And especially if you're banged up, which we're going to talk about some of the players who are going to miss this week, then you might not have the option to wait on CEH or McKinnon or not CEH, sorry, Pacheco or or McKinnon and see what happens down the line. So they're, they're kind of on that borderline for me. Um, you know, good players maybe to pick up heading into next weekend if you get a late a uh, player hitting the IR just to see, you know, make sure CEH stays healthy through next weekend. And uh, they're, they're kind of those those level of guys to me. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I was. Uh, I was torn last week on Pacheco, you know, going through week, week one waivers. Like, do I hold on to him? Do I let him go? So I held him just to see how week two went to see if he got a little bit more utilization. But I think I think this will be the week on waivers that I, I let him go. Um in our league of record anyways, just cause honestly I need the depth anyways. And so it's, I, I got to pick somebody up. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was kind of crazy being able to get, uh, Elijah Mitchell off waivers though. That kind of shocked me. That's why I bid so high. I was glad it was just me and you. I mean, I probably could have kept it at my original bid with where you were at, Man. but still it scared me. So I went high. Well, what was your original bid? Because I originally went 42 and then I lowered it, I think, to 32. And you ended up getting him at 44, which my, uh, my original, you know, was, was a good bid. Yeah, my original was 34. My original was 34. Okay. And then. All right. We were I, right in the same I, range. Uh, wondering started if started talking to. Wondering to if we Ritter should be in the it, 30s you know? or 40s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it was, I, I told Ritter, I was like, it's going to be Jordan. I was like, it's it's between me and Jordan. I know it is. I know he saw it. I don't think a lot of other people saw that he dropped to waivers. And so I was like, I was like, I, I, I got to figure this out because it could really help me in the second half of the season. And uh, so, and I had just spent all that money on Jeff Wilson. So I was like, oh man, this is going to eat up my fab, but I, I can't let him go. Like, so... I'm definitely hurting the rest of the year, though, on Fab. So my struggle was <laughs> part of my struggle was trying to decide who I wanted to drop to pick up Elijah Mitchell because I had I had pulled Cole Komet and played Gerald Everett so that I can kind of wait and see on Komet, and then I also had picked up Jordan Mason, who I only spent a couple bucks picking him up, but 
he might actually play this week versus Elijah Mitchell. I would have had to throw on my IR. I didn't really want to drop one of them. But after Everett played really well on Thursday night, I did decide I was going to drop Komet to pick up uh, to try and pick up Elijah Mitchell. But um, yeah, I was shocked that he went to the waiver wire. We have two See, IR that's spots. Where I, that's where I use league, that so, 200 uh, IQ play. You know, if you're out there and you're thinking about dropping him, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you, you got to hang on to those guys, especially if you've got an IR spot and they're going to come back at some point. You know, Chris Godwin is another one who we don't know how long he's going to be out. Like throw him on your IR spot if you've got it and tr- do your best not to drop somebody like that to the waiver wire. Yeah, that's where I, uh, I use the play, though. I dropped my kicker and picked up a new kicker and threw him in my IR spot and then picked up a new kicker. Yeah, you know, you don't. You got to utilize some of those players, you know, like if you don't have like a, a Justin Tucker, you know, a kicker that's not going to get picked up immediately, you can you can use that uh, play and use your kicker and grab somebody else, you know. So that was a, a play that I used. I yeah, didn't absolutely. have to get or somebody on my bench. And, yeah. No, like, like if that. you're that's streaming smart. kicker in defense, those are those are somebody that you can use to pick up a player that's going to go on IR, but you know is going to come back, and then you can grab another player. So uh, it kind of worked out. But all right, let's jump into some news. So we kind of touched base on uh, Justin Herbert. Um, went down uh, late in that game on Thursday night. Uh, it appears that he has a fractured rib cartilage. Um, they're saying he should be okay, but it's something to definitely – monitor uh throughout practice he has an extra three days of practice this week or three days of rest essentially uh before his next game which is really big for this type of injury um it's certainly something to monitor if you have you know if keenan allen comes back or you have mike williams gerald everett you know depending on what happens with herbert if he's not a go next week i would be a little more hesitant on starting some of those guys just because of what's going on actually something we didn't get to talk about really quick are you worried about austin eckler and how he's being used um, and what's going on there i don't think so when they were trying to come back at the end of the game we saw him getting a ton of targets and really being utilized and being efficient on those touches so uh, austin eckler is a great player that team is a good team and they're gonna find ways to get the ball in his hand Long term, I'm not really worried. This this Herbert injury worries me a little bit just for their efficiency over the next week or two if he's struggling or if he's not playing. But long term, I'm definitely not worried about Austin Eckler. And uh, even if Herbert misses, I still think he's a good play because he's if Herbert misses time, he's going to touch the ball a ton. Yeah, the only thing that that I I don't think he is drops out of the RB one category, but I I certainly think he's out of that. RB, you know, the top three, top five, even running backs this year, unless something drastically changes because of the amount of red zone touches that Sony Michelle ended up getting because he had 20 red zone touchdowns last year and he has zero through two weeks and they just don't seem to be using him in those, those really high value touches, the, the red zone touches. And that kind of worries me a little bit, but I still think he finishes as an RB one. It's just, that was kind of part of why I was a little bit down on him this year when we were talking about our rankings. 
I guess it worries me a little for his upside with the uh, utilization in the red zone, but uh, it's not like Sony Michelle or, or Josh Kelly or any of those guys have been great on their touches there either. So uh, I think probably going forward, there's a good chance that the Chargers will try and get Eckler more involved in the red zone. So uh, and, and he always has a really good baseline with his pass catching. So that's that's why I'm really not worried is we want those guys who are pass catching running backs who are going to end up, you know, who are in good offenses. So he meets all the criteria. You just got to give him a little time. For sure. Um, it looks like uh, let's jump into some of the players that are both going to be playing and more so all the players that are out for week two. Uh, it looks like Ken Walker will play in week two. Um I don't know how much they're going to really use him. I would still keep him out of your lineup this week personally, um, just because we don't know what Pete Carroll's even going to do. Is he going to use him? Is he going to use Penny? Um, you know, I would probably just a, a wait and see with Walker. Um, is that kind of how you are with him as well? Yeah, and we'll talk about Penny when we get to the Seahawks Niners game, but I wouldn't start Ken Walker right away. Yeah. Um, so it's looking like Camara uh, is unlikely to play week two. Uh, there's no official announcement yet on him, but hasn't practiced much this week, still dealing with that rib injury. Uh, I personally would avoid the backfield of the Saints. I don't know that Mark Ingram is going to be, uh, you know, he might be like a RB3 this week, uh, but he's going against the Tampa Bay defense, and that's a tough defense to to run against, especially an older running back like Mark Ingram. Is you say I'm way? in complete agreement not, there. Not starting Mark yeah. Ingram. Okay. Yeah, I I totally agree that uh we we've already talked about this game. Um, but yeah, with Kamara out, I don't want to touch that backfield against that defense. I think the pass catching options for the Saints are probably fine. So uh, I would still be playing Michael Thomas. Uh you could yeah. Uh, you could consider flexing Jarvis Landry and maybe even consider flexing Olave since they're not going to have a good running back presence in this game. We'll, we'll see. They could definitely be... I'm a little worried about this team because I was thinking the Saints would win this game. They tend to have, uh, to really like kind of have the Bucks number. So this could, uh, this could change things a little bit. Yeah, Brady has not beat the Bucks, or Brady has not beat the Saints since, since he's been on the Bucks. So uh, this could be an interesting game. But I, I think Olave is a, a decent flex option this week, especially if Naj or Kamara is officially ruled out. Um, so it looks like Najee there's and options, Mac Jones both are off the injury over Olave, but you you could do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, with Najee and Mac Jones, both off the injury report, I think it's interesting that Najee is off the injury report completely. Cause we know that he's not healed, but he's supposed to be ready to go on Sunday. So got to have Najee in the lineup, uh, unless you're in a two quarterback league. I'm not sure that Mac Jones is in your lineup at all. Um, but good to know that they're both going to be out there. Uh, and then we can jump into all the people that I have think been really the out big for thing with two, Mac and it's Jones. a pretty long list. So, uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, sorry. I, we Just so the listeners are aware, we're dealing with a slight delay here. So um, sorry about anything that's a little off. But I just wanted to touch on Mac Jones and just say if he's going to play, I'm definitely more confident in like the running game for New England. Um, 
I still don't want to play any pass catchers there. Um, if Mac Jones doesn't play, I don't think I want to touch anybody on New England with a 10-foot pole. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. And yeah, we there is a slight delay. So they're, you know, we're we're just working through it. It's uh we're recording remotely today, so it's a little bit different. Uh have a little bit of a, a delay on this one. So he may pop in and out. Uh and and we just jump back. No big deal. Everybody just kind of bear with this week. But um so hopping into all the people that have ruled been ruled out uh for the Colts, um Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman have been ruled out. Uh, the Michael Pittman being ruled out is so painful for me. He is on almost every one of my rosters. It is so sad to see. I, I, he had a huge week one. Um, I don't know the extent of this injury that he's having. Uh, had a great week one and then all of a sudden popped up on the injury report and hasn't practiced all week and they ruled him out. Um, to me, uh, this is a Jonathan Taylor show. I mean, it's going to be all Jonathan Taylor uh, the entire game. And I expect a massive week out of uh, Jonathan Taylor this week. Is there anybody on the pass catching yeah, side for the Colts that you would start? Uh, no, I, I totally agree. This is going to be the Jonathan Taylor show. I think the one pass catcher you could look at is Naeem Hines because they're going to need somebody to catch the ball there. Uh, I think it's going to increase targets for Hines and for Taylor. So both are probably pretty good plays this week. Uh, as far as the pass catchers go outside of the backfield, uh, you could maybe look at starting one of their tight ends. Uh, I know that um, I can't remember his name, but I think they have a rookie tight end who actually got some targets last week and has gotten a little bit of hype. So, yeah, that's potentially an option. Uh, what about uh, uh, Aston? Kylan Granson. I don't think so i don't think yeah, i would, would you... look the direction of any wide receivers for the colts okay okay um and then it looks like uh rondell moore was ruled out again uh for week two uh, i think a sneaky you know possible dfs play i don't know that i would i, I mean he's he could be a flex play especially in deeper legs is a uh, uh dorch um had Decent amount of targets last week. Uh, looked looked pretty good. Um, and he's somebody that I, you know, wouldn't necessarily be a a bad play this week. Uh, would you Would you be willing to start Dorch? You could definitely do worse than Dorch. He's going to get some volume there. Uh, I am expecting that Arizona is going to be behind in this game and needing to throw. Uh, so we'll we'll see how it goes, but I think that game also has a high over under. So I want to play players in that. I'm not like super confident in Dorch. I don't necessarily want to play him in my flexes everywhere. But yeah, as a DFS play or kind of a dart throw if you need some upside there. Yeah, fifty one and a half point over under. So um, yeah, let's go with uh, so Damian Williams, uh, Chris Godwin, Michael Gallup, Van Jefferson all ruled out for week two. So. A lot of injuries. Good to hear that Julio Jones and Mike Evans are both off the injury report, though, and supposed to start uh, Sunday. So that's big for the the Bucks um, and for everybody that has them in their lineup. Uh, so I was getting a little worried there about who was going to be there to even catch a pass in Tampa Bay as well. So. 
Brady definitely needs people to throw the ball to in order for him to have the fantasy value you're expecting and the team to overall, you know, produce those numbers. Uh, But with Julio and Evans both going to be out there, I'm still confident in Tampa Bay. I'm confident in Fournette. I would play both of those wide receivers. And if you got Tom Brady, I'd play him. It's a tough matchup against the Saints, though. So you might not be you might not be getting the high upside from Brady that you'd like. But there's probably not great options on your waiver wire for this week. Um, If you're in a small, uh, a smaller league that only starts one QB, you might be able to stream and you might look at that depending on options. But I'd still play Tom Brady. Yeah, if you're in a. We'll we'll talk about the Tampa Bay. I'm gonna I'll jump into let's jump into the week two preview here. We got Tampa Bay coming up later, so I'll I'll get to them here in a bit. But uh, wait, so uh, didn't the, we talk about the Saints Bucks already? I think we talked about the Saints Bucks game already. So I oh, don't we think did. We are okay, so touch on that game uh, real quick then. Yeah, we did talk about them last week. So real quick then uh, on the Mike Evans side again. If you were in a deeper dynasty league or you had a good enough bench, it's something I would can I know it's hard to say, but it's something I would consider to maybe look at not starting Mike Evans. I could eat my words here by saying that, but uh Lattimore certainly has his number and and the the Saints just play the Bucks very very well. Um I know that there's not a lot of pass catchers, which is why I really, really like Julio Jones this week. Um, but I don't know that that could be a, a ballsy take to say, but I just I'm not I'm not too sure about Mike Evans this week. It could be kind of a trap game scenario. We have seen Evans struggle against the Saints. We've seen the Bucks in general struggle against the Saints, but the Saints are also banged up, missing Kamara. We don't know if Michael Thomas is going to be playing 100% of snaps. He didn't last week. So we'll just, I mean, this is one of those games where I don't really know what's going to happen. It could be very surprising one way or the other. Uh, it could be a really close, high-scoring game. It could be a defensive battle completely where you're really struggling to get points from any of your fantasy players. Or it could be a one-sided blowout. It's it's really hard to know in some of these divisional games, especially early in the season and when there's injuries involved. So I think you stick with your studs unless you've got a really, really good option you'd rather play over Mike Evans. Okay, agreed. All right, so let's hop into that. We got two more morning games to talk about today. We have the Dolphins 1-0 at the Ravens 1-0. 44-and-a-half-point over-under. Ravens minus 3-and-a-half. I think this is going to be a really good game. Uh, I really do. I think you got a good defense on the Dolphins side. You got a good defense on the Ravens side, and then you have two pretty good offenses. I mean, I'm curious to see what Lamar does. I'm hoping he gets uh, Andrews and uh, Bateman a little more involved this week. Uh, Both teams looked really, really good in week one. Uh, You're, you know, obviously starting, you know, Tyree kill Jalen Waddle, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews. 
those guys are in your lineup, set it, forget it, don't even think about it. But let's talk about the flex option side um, or even, you know, could be wide receiver to RB2, you know, two side. If you uh, chase Edmonds, um, how do you feel about Chase Edmonds this week? I feel pretty good about Chase Edmonds this week. He's going to be involved in the passing game. I like him as a like a mid to low end RB2. Definitely a pretty good flex option if you don't have like a high upside wide receiver you want to flex. So I like him. Uh, Bateman, yeah, we're hoping for a little more volume, but we saw last week and we've seen in previous games with Bateman that he can do it on one play. So I definitely want him in my lineup. Same thing with Duvernay. I mean, you saw his involvement last week, had four receptions, uh, you know, had the touchdowns. Is he somebody you're going to flex this week or is it another kind of just put him on your bench and and see if he has the same involvement this week? I'd prefer to keep him on my bench for the week and see what the usage looks like. And just because it's really not something we were expecting going into the year. There were some other guys I was like more looking at than I was looking at Duvernay so if he does it again this week then I think going forward he's definitely a flex option for your team but I I don't really want to roll him out there just because he had one big week that happens with wide receivers all the time because I I definitely expect Andrews to have more involvement this week uh he didn't really have as much involvement last week and I, I certainly expect him to be more involved this week um same uh, so D- uh, JK Dobbins yeah JK Dobbins is supposed to be uh, there's a chance he plays this week, uh, was a full participant in practice, uh, to end the week. Um, but if he's out on the field to me, he's still, uh, a sit and see what his utilization is, see how he looks on the field, see if he can make it through a full game. Even I definitely want to see him out there. They are begging and they're waiting for a real running back on that field. They have been for the last you know season and the two game, the game this you know, season. So, but to me, I think Dobbins is still a wait and see. Definitely. I'd wait and see on Dobbins. I'm not really excited to start any of the running backs for the Ravens in this game. I guess Drake, if you had to start somebody in that backfield, but I don't want to do that. Yeah. Okay. And the last uh, early morning game we're going to talk about is the commanders one and oh at the lions. Oh, and one, a 49 point over under and the lions are minus one and a half. It's I think I don't mark my words on this, but I, I'm pretty sure this is the first game. The lions are favored in two years since 2020. I'm pretty sure it's the first, first game that they are actually favored, uh, which is insane. Um, so, you know, good to see the lions offense looked really good in week one and actually so did the commander's offense. I think that's why they have a 49 point over under this game could end up being a shootout. There's a lot of, you know, playmakers on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, obviously on the, you've got Deandre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown and TJ Hawkinson. Basically you're going to start them. You, you drafted them to be in your lineup. You're going to start them. And then the other side, you got Terry McLaurin and the surprise to me, was Antonio Gibson. You know, they finally used him in the passing game. Uh, He had seven receptions. He looked really good out there. I think those are guys you just, you start them, you forget about it. Um, How do you feel about uh, DJ Chark though? Uh, Looks pretty good. 
on that side as well. And Jamal Williams, actually. I mean, what do you, what do you feel about those two? Are either one of them in your lineup or Chark's a good player. And if it's going to hit the over on that 49 point over under, which I personally think it is. Cause I like both of these offenses a lot more than I like the defenses. I, I think Chark could be in play in your flex. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, I think I'd rather flex Jahan Dotson or Curtis Samuel than DJ Chark because I think a lot of the volume is going to go to uh, Amon Ra and to DeAndre Swift, and they got Jamal Williams really utilized. I'm pretty interested in starting him, but um, Chark's definitely in play. Yeah, um, on the Jahan Dotson side, if you were to have to pick one of those two, because there's a chance you have both of them on your team, if you were to pick Jahan Dotson or Curtis Samuel, which one of those two would you rather go with? I personally would rather use Jahan Dotson, but it seems like Curtis Samuel was a big focal point of that offense in week one. It's interesting because they scripted a lot of stuff for Curtis Samuel. So I definitely think if you picked him up off waivers, he's a guy that you can throw in there and he's got the upside. Uh, It looks like he's going to see the volume, but I'm a little nervous about that. I think the volume is going to switch over to more to Terry McLaurin and to Jahan Dotson. Terry McLaurin didn't have a lot of volume last week, got bailed out by the touchdown, but I like him to see more targets this week. And I think Jahan Dotson is going to continue to get involved in this offense. So I would rather rather flex Dotson a little more touchdown upside there but you can you could play Curtis Samuel especially in a full PPR because I think they're gonna try and get the ball in his hands agreed all right let's move into the afternoon games we have the Seahawks 1-0 at the 49ers 0-1 a 41 and a half point over under with the Niners favored by nine and a half this is a crazy spread for me uh considering again we have a a heavy rain forecast how the Niners looked in week one um you know it sounds like Kittle is gonna be a go uh he had a uh according to Shanahan had an awesome practice on Friday so it sounds like he might be a go you got to have him in your lineup if he is uh obviously Debo Samuel um, but let's talk about the, the backup running back side, you know, we got Jeff Wilson and, you know, are you willing to roll Jeff Wilson out there this week? I think I am. If I, if I picked him up off waivers, especially if I lost, uh, Elijah Mitchell and he was my running back too, I think you can throw Jeff Wilson out there. I don't think the upside is fantastic because I think Seattle does have a pretty good defense, but I, I would I would be willing to play Jeff Wilson as a back end RB two, high end RB three. I'll tell you one that I'm torn on that I've been torn on all week. And I probably will until about midnight tonight before I make my final decision is Jeff Wilson against the Seahawks or Ezekiel Elliott, who I drafted in the third round in our league against Cincinnati. Uh, I'm I'm actually like I am really torn on that decision because I don't know if if Dallas falls behind really early. Zeke could be out of the game plan again. Um, so I, I've been going back and forth on that one uh, pretty much all week. That's it's still that's really me. tough. I think I would start Jeff Wilson. I know and I've had him in my lineup and then I've put Zeke back in. Cause I'm like, okay, maybe Zeke will be used more. Cause they're going to, 
you know, they don't want to pass the ball a bunch, but I don't know. It's that's a that's a tough one. That's a really interesting one. And of course, it's at our league of record where like I I need to win. It's super important that I win. So, um, what about Brandon Ayuk? Are you uh, are you going to start Brandon Ayuk this week, or are you are you sitting him again this week? Are we having some internet issues here? Can you pause? Yeah, I like uh, I like Brandon Ayuk this week. Actually, we saw him get some targets right off the bat at the beginning of last week, and then as things started to kind of unfold with the weather there, uh, continually throughout the game, he was a little less involved. I think they're going to try and get the ball in his hands this week, and I I, I, I like him as an okay flex start. Um, I think he's got some good upside, and that uh, we could definitely see Trey Lance trying to throw the ball more this week and really get things going on that offense. Yeah, and then on the Seahawks side, uh, it kind of went all over the place in Week One. Uh, both tight ends were involved. Um, yeah, DK had seven catches, uh, but only thirty-six yards, no touchdowns. Um, you know, in a full PPR, the seven receptions didn't necessarily hurt you. Uh, so that wasn't too bad, but is, you know, is there any Seahawks that you are going to start Rashad Penny? I mean, any, anybody on, on the Seahawks side that you feel really comfortable starting? Uh, the, the Niners have a really good defense. I'm not super excited to start Penny, but I would put him in as a low end RB two, high end RB three. If you need to this week, I would prefer not to start any of the pass catching options for Seattle. Uh, DK Metcalf, if you need to, would be the one I would go with, but I would really prefer not to play anybody from Seattle in this game. Yeah, agreed. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's jump over to the Falcons at Rams. So Falcons 0-1 at Rams 0-1, 47 and a half point over under. Rams are favored by 10 and a half. Uh, the largest spread uh, of the week, and I can see why. Uh Falcons don't look terrible out there, but I just think the Rams are probably not very happy. And I doubt Sean McVay was very happy with how game one went to, uh, you know, obvious people you're going to, you know, have in your lineup, you know, Cooper cup, Kyle Pitts, Cordell Patterson. But on the other side, you know, you've got not the other side, but the other players, you've got Allen Robinson, Drake London, Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. Uh, which of those guys are you willing to roll out there this week? Um, personally, I think I would roll the dice again with Allen Robinson. I just think that they didn't have him utilized and used enough in in week one, and I I expect them to use Allen Robinson more this week. Uh, I think even Sean McVay said that they need to get Allen Robinson more involved. Is that somebody you're willing to flex as, or even put in as your wide receiver too as Allen Robinson if you drafted him that way? I guess, but man, I really wasn't drafting Allen Robinson in a lot of places kind of for this reason. I was worried about the utilization. I'm just worried about him as a player overall. I think you can flex him if you need to, but I, I agree with the narrative that the Rams are really going to try and get things going this week and that they need to come off of that loss and get a win here against what should be a bad team. Uh, you know, show that that they they are still one of the top teams in the league. So you could definitely see his utilization go up. But I think they're probably going to have a pretty big lead. So I like Henderson. Vegas thinks they're going to have a big lead, too. I like Henderson. I don't want to play Akers yet. But I think Henderson's probably a high-end RB2, low-end RB1 play this week that he's going to touch the ball a ton, and they're going to need him out there. 
And then with the Falcons trying to come back, Patterson's a great play because he should get pretty much all of the carry with Damian Williams out. And he's going to get some passing opportunities. And Pitts is obviously in your lineup. But I like London as a flex play because I think they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. I do too. I really like Drake London this week. And <clears throat> crazy to see, uh, you know, Akers just fall so far. You know, Henderson could be the probably the biggest draft steal of the season if he keeps getting all of the work like he's getting right now. If you can get him, a lot of people got him in the 13th, 14th round, and now he's the RB1 for the Rams. That's just crazy. Yeah, can I ask you a question about Cam Akers? Yeah, shoot it. Are you are you completely out and dropping Cam Akers in a redraft? Not yet. Not yet, only because I'm I'm the you, same. You just don't know. I mean, there's yeah. There still could have been something there. Maybe he gets a little bit more utilization, but if he comes out this week and he gets three to five carries max, yeah, then you you got it. You would have to drop him. There's too many other players out there that you could play in his place. It's crazy because he was going in the third or fourth round of most drafts. A lot of people really love the upside with such a good offense there. But I I agree. You got to give him at least a week more and see if his utilization increases this weekend. If it does, even if it's not to the point where you'd like it to be, you're probably going to have to hold on one more week, at least if he gets double touch, double digit touches this week. So see how things go. Continue to monitor the situation, but leave him on your bench for now. Agreed. Yep. Um, <clears throat> okay. The Cardinals, uh, 0-1 at Raiders, 0-1, 51.5 point over-under. I think it's the second highest over-under of the week. Uh, Raiders, uh, minus 5.5. This could be a really, really fun game to watch. Um, you got uh, Devontae Adams and Darren Waller set up to just have monster games. And it's uh, if you're if you're playing DFS, and yeah. I, I don't know if any of us got him in there, and I'm kind of sad that I didn't, but uh, Devontae Adams is uh, a massive, massive hit the button, put him in there. It's the first game his grandparents are going to be able to watch him play. I think he's just going to have a monster week. Yeah, there's n- there's nobody for the Cardinals that can cover Devontae Adams, but there's also nobody for the Cardinals that can cover Darren Waller. They have been terrible against the tight end position. Uh, they got smashed by Kelsey last week, which, yeah, it's Kelsey, but they, I mean, the last few years they've been terrible against the tight end position. It looks like they just haven't improved that. So I think Darren Waller's a smash play almost as much as Devontae Adams is in this game, and Outside of that for the Raiders, I probably don't want to start any of the pass catchers. But uh, if you, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's probably it for the pass catchers. What about Josh Jacobs, though? Are you are you starting Josh Jacobs this week or, um, you know, with a 51 and a half point over under Jacobs should get some, you know, some time on the field uh, could get some red zone, you know, touches as well. Is he somebody that you're going to you're going to throw out there? Yeah, Vegas likes the Raiders to win this game. And historically, when the Raiders win, Josh Jacobs has a good game. So I'm willing to play Josh Jacobs this week. He's definitely the only one in the backfield I'd want to play for the Raiders. Yeah. 
Uh, let's talk about the Cardinals side. Um, Hollywood Brown, uh, to me, is you're you're going to put him out there. I mean, you're gonna you drafted him to be out there. You're going to put Hollywood Brown out there as a wide receiver too. And now anyone else though? I mean, Zach Ertz looks like he's going to be a go. Should have a little bit more uh, utilization in the offense. Not be on such a snap count this week. Um, I think Zach Ertz is a great tight end play this week, especially with really no one else out there. But then you've got Dorch as well that you could, um, you know, throw out there. He had, I think, nine targets in week one, seven catches. Uh, I think he could be utilized again this week. So is are you willing to roll the dice with, with all of them in the flex or were you out on the, the pass catchers for the Cardinal side? I think the person that I most want to play in this game on the Cardinal side is James Conner. I think while you still have uh, no DeAndre Hopkins and they're still missing Rondale Moore, that he's going to be involved in the passing game. He was involved last week. So I really like James Conner a lot in this game. Uh, Eno Benjamin's one of those guys where if you have an empty roster spot, pick him up going into Sunday just because James Conner's been banged up in the past. And if something happened to him, Eno looks like the guy there who's the backup. So uh, that's that's something to note and just take note of and keep an eye on. But um, Hollywood definitely and Dorch, you could throw him in as a flex if you're in a bad spot. It's a high over under game. So there's, you know, Vegas expects the ball to be moving up and down the field. He's not a bad play. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so then the, the next game, we got Texans 0 uh, 0 1. They tied in week one against the Broncos 0 1. 45 point over under, Broncos minus 10. Uh, Pretty much everybody on the Broncos that you drafted to play, Judy Sutton, uh, Javante Williams, and Melvin Gordon, you're pretty much starting all of them. Uh, How do you feel about Albert O, though, as a tight end option this week? He had the volume, but I don't think the Broncos are going to need to throw a lot in this game. If you have other options, I'd prefer them, but Albert O is probably somewhere around a mid-tight end, too, and if you need to play him, he's got the upside of a touchdown because Russ is going to need to have a a better week this week. He's going to be out there throwing even when they, you know, trying to get them ahead throwing early on in the game. So he's got the touchdown upside, but I'd really like to play the running backs on that side of the ball. Yeah, yeah, I'm... Excited to see what they can do. <laughs> that was a disappointing week one. And the, the Broncos defense certainly came alive in the second half against Seattle. Only actually gave up uh, 32 yards in the second half, which I didn't know that until I was reading about the game last week. So, and still managed to lose the game, which is really, really sad. Um, on the Texan side, you got Brandon Cooks. You're definitely starting Brandon Cooks. Uh, any other pass catchers or even the running backs? Are you willing to roll any of them out this week? I mean, if you're in a bad spot at running back and you picked him up, then um, I like I don't want to play Damian Pierce, so I Rex guess Burkhead. that means you can play Rex Burkhead, but I'm not <laughs> excited about it, and I would prefer to find other options. Yeah. Yeah, I will say in a DFS yeah, I'd, lineup, I'd I'm options. not. Yeah, on DFS side, uh, OJ Howard, I don't think is a bad uh, uh, dart throw to put out there. I mean, if they're going to score a touchdown, I think OJ Howard stands a good chance of getting one. Uh, Denver typically struggles against the tight end position. I wouldn't necessarily start him in a redraft league, though, or even a dynasty league this week. Uh, just 
just because of you know what the point total is supposed to be for Houston. But in a DFS lineup, he's a cheap option that you could possibly roll out there. I'm I'm still off on OJ Howard. He only had two targets last week. They both turned into touchdowns. I think that the points, like his overall points, is kind of floating him up higher than he should be. That's just my opinion. I, I would rather look elsewhere at the tight end, but he's he's maybe got an opportunity to score these. You know, he he's at least a talented tight end, and he's huge, so he he could be used utilized in the red zone if they get down there. All right, let's roll into the Bengals 0-1 at Cowboys 0-1. point over-under. Bengals minus 7.5. This is going to be an interesting game, a bounce-back game possibly for Joe Burrow. He had five turnovers in week one. I don't expect five turnovers from him in week two. Uh, Cowboys are rolling out a backup quarterback, Cooper Rush. Um, How do you feel about any of the pass catchers or even running backs. I mean, we kind of touched base on the Zeke side when we were talking about Jeff Wilson, but are you playing any of the Cowboy pass catchers uh, outside of, I think Dalton Schultz, I think Dalton Schultz should be in your lineup. I think he, he was kind of a, a security blanket for Cooper rush at the end of the last game. And we saw a few more targets going Dalton Schultz way, but uh, are you benching CD lamb this week? I would like to if I have really good options, but you might not have a choice. And I think he's still going to see some volume. They should be behind in this game. Cooper Rush is going to have to throw. How good he'll be throwing the ball remains to be seen. Um, So I I would prefer to look elsewhere on all of the Cowboys options. It's a pretty low over-under as well, and the implied points for the Cowboys are pretty bad. So... I'd really prefer to look elsewhere on all of my Cowboys options, and I'm pretty comfortable playing pretty much all the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, you're you're starting Burrow, Mixon, Chase, and Higgins if he's a go. If uh, Higgins, and it sounds like he is going to go. If Higgins doesn't go, though, you're rolling out uh, Tyler Boyd. Yeah, definitely. It's Higgins is just in the uh, concussion protocol, so he could clear like later today. He could clear tomorrow. He could it could be clear till Sunday morning before he clears. So you're going to have to keep an eye on the news with that. Um, You know, I've got him. I I have him off of my lineups in a lot of rosters. But if I get the news, he's he's good to go. I'm throwing him back in my in my lineups. Guys come back from concussions and can ball out. So. I uh, like Higgins, but if he doesn't go, Boyd's a great play. Uh, you know, this uh, the Cowboys are definitely going to be focused on trying to stop Jamar Chase. So Boyd is, you know, he's not going to see the the high end coverage. He's certainly not going to see double teams. Boyd's a great play anytime uh, Higgins or Chase misses time. So definitely roll him into your lineup. And I think a, a really good defense to if you're streaming defenses or a DFS defense is uh, the Bengals defense this week going against a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush. There could be some interceptions. Um, I think that this this could be a, a a good game for a defense to play. I started them in our DFS lineup, so I just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> one thing, one thing I did want to note on this game is that sometimes these backup quarterback games go really weird because teams are not as prepared for the backup quarterback and they do things a little differently. So 
while I would be surprised a little bit if the Cowboys came out and looked good, just know that sometimes these things go really weird. So if you're in a 2QB league and you lost Dak and you need to play Cooper Rush, it could end up working out for you. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that too. So, um, all right. So the Bears 1-0 at Packers 0-1. It's the Sunday night game. Uh, 42 and a half point over under Packers minus 10. Uh, which doesn't put the bears at a very high implied point total. Uh, I think this is a game where the Packers get right back on track. We saw them last season week one, get absolutely demolished, come back week two and look incredible. Um, I'm not worried about, you know, starting Aaron Rodgers, especially if you're in a two key QB league, you got to roll them out there. Uh, I think both the uh, running backs for, the Packers are a go AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones gets a little bit more involved this week. Um, as far as the pass catchers go for green Bay though, if Alan Lazard is a go, I think he's probably the only one of those pass catchers that I would consider starting. Yeah, I agree. If Lazard is playing, I would play Lazard, uh, outside of that. We, you know, we haven't seen too much out of the Packers pass catchers. I'm worried that that situation is going to be similar to Kansas City, where it's kind of a roulette and you do not know who it's going to be week to week. Um, so I would really like to play the Packers running backs, and I'd really like to steer clear of the pass catching options there. Tunyon's an okay play at the tight end position because the Packers are going to need to score some points and should be able to score some points. That That's still... Probably would be the only other person I would think of is is Tunyon. Uh, he seemed to, you know, he has a, a great rapport with Aaron Rodgers, and he could be an interesting play again this week. Um, now, what about on the Bears side of the ball? They had a terrible week one. Are you just taking that to the rain that they had, and you're you know given the pass to commit Mooney and you know David Montgomery, or are you? I'm still rolling out Komet. I think he'll be okay. I think Mooney, granted, you know, I'm not sure how those pass catchers are going to be, but I think Komet and Mooney are really their only options uh, as far as pass catchers go on that side of the ball. Is that how you feel as well? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, we're expecting the Bears to be down. They're going to have to throw the ball. Uh, I'm expecting Montgomery to get a lot more check downs than he did last week. I think Komet and Mooney are okay plays. Mooney kind of a low-end wide receiver three with some upside there if they're able to get things going. Komet's an okay play. You, you're going to have to just like forgive him for the donut last week in a really weird game and expect that he's going to have some volume this week. I pulled him out of the one lineup I have and put in Gerald Everett just because I like you know, last night's game. And I wanted to uh, see if he could get a touchdown out there. He didn't. He had the volume though. So I was, I was okay with that play because I think Comet, uh, you're really relying on volume and just hoping he scores a touchdown, but I did keep him on my roster just in case. So uh, we'll see how that goes there. And I think you're, you're going to want to keep an eye on Comet Montgomery and Mooney going forward and what their usage looks like and try and just throw out last week. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's jump into the uh, Monday night games. We got Titans 0-1 at Bills 1-0. It's the first Monday night game. 49 point over under Bills minus 10. Uh, I think you're obviously rolling out Diggs. Uh, Gabe Davis is a high-end flex. 
Gabe Davis is it's just basically being implied now that he's going to get into the end zone. Um, what about Dawson Knox, though? Are you rolling Dawson Knox out there, or how do you feel about him? I think you'll see more volume than last week. Um, he'll, they'll try and get him a little more involved. So I'm okay playing Knox as my tight end if you need to. Diggs and Davis, uh, Gabe Davis are great plays. How do you feel about the Bills running backs? I think Singletary is a fine play. Um, you know, James Cook. James Cook. Is that right? James Cook. I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, I think Cook right. I'm out on. Uh, Zach Moss. Um, I probably I, I think of all the running backs, I think Singletary is really the only one that I would probably play. I know Zach Moss had some involvement in week one, uh, but I think Singletary is the kind of the one that I would I would roll with. I agree. Yeah. OK, um, let's see. Uh, what about on the Titan side of the ball? You know, you got Derrick Henry. Obviously, you're rolling him out there. How do you feel about Dontrell Hilliard? I mean, it seemed like they got him involved in week one and had some plays ran for him. Is he somebody you're just kind of keeping an eye on? You you think he should be, I mean, I think he should be rostered in most leagues in case something did happen to Derrick Henry, but I think Derrick Henry's involvement goes up uh, drastically this week because they saw, I mean, they just didn't, they didn't have what it took when they weren't, you know, using Derrick Henry at all. Yeah, they're going to be giving Derrick Henry a lot more carries in this game, trying to get him going, and he could even see a little utilization in the pass game, which could take away from Hilliard. But I'm keeping an eye on it, because if Hilliard's going to continue to see targets, then he's probably going to be a weekly flex play, especially anytime they're projected to be behind in games, which it looks like the Bills are probably going to smash them. At least that's the way that uh, I have it, and Vegas has it projected. So, um Definitely, you got to start Derrick Henry. You could look at the two uh, the two rookie wide receivers for the Titans, but I'm not super excited about trying to start Titans against this Bills defense. Yeah, agree. Now, uh, on the pass catching side, you got Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks. Uh, how do you feel about either one of them? Are you willing to flex either one of those guys? Uh, I, I'll say I like Traylon Burks long term this season. It seems like they wanted to get him involved. I think they will get him involved more. But I think for this particular game, I'm probably out on both of those guys for this week. Yeah, Traylon Burks, his targets per route run were great last week, and they're going to continue to utilize him more and more as the season progresses. So if if he's ever dropped in, like if he got dropped in one of your leagues, you need to go pick him up. He could end up being a league winner later on this season, but it's going to take a little time for him. Kyle Phillips in a full PPR, he's interesting as a flex because I think he's going to continue to see volume. So uh, you could roll him out there. There's worse options, uh, but I don't think he has a ton of upside in this game against the Bills. Yeah, same. All right, and the last game of the week, we have Vikings 1-0 at Eagles 1-0. It's the Monday night game, the 5.30 p.m. game, 50 and a half point over under Eagles minus 2.5, which I think that's kind of crazy that the Eagles are minus 2.5. Um, I think this is going to be a phenomenal game. Uh I think you're going to see a lot of points scored. I think this could end up being the highest point total game of the week. I really do. Um, You got Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, uh, Adam Thielen. Are you starting all? I mean, obviously starting Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, but Thielen, are you are you rolling him out there in this this uh, over under? 
Uh, you know, the Eagles defense looked okay last week, but not great. I would be okay flexing Thielen because he's going to have that touchdown upside. We've seen for years that Kirk Cousins likes to utilize him in the red zone. But if you've got better options, you know, if you've got like an Amon Ross St. Brown or somebody that you could flex because you went wide receiver heavy, I would prefer to do something like that. But Thielen's always going to have the touchdown upside um the you know the the guys you drafted to start in this game i am really excited about i think jefferson delvin cook aj brown uh jalen hurts they're all gonna have really big games this week how are you feeling about Devonte smith and some of the other options for the eagles i think De- i think Devonte smith will be fine i know he had a really really bad week one uh i think it was just the aj brown show in week one but i think Devonte smith will start getting used a little bit more in the past game. I think uh I think Talon will eventually just take over. He's not somebody I would even consider dropping. Um I, I think they're gonna have to utilize him more. I th- I think this game is just gonna be insane. Like you said, all the starters that you drafted to start. Uh the Eagles gave up 35 points, I'm pretty sure, to Detroit last week. So the Minnesota Vikings are just gonna throw up points too. I think this could be I think this could easily be a 60, 70 point total game. Um, honestly. Uh, and I agree. I mean, I, I'm okay on Devonte Smith. I, I probably wouldn't start Devonte Smith this week. I'd probably keep him on my bench this week, but he's not somebody that I'm willing to drop at all. Uh, as far as the Eagles running backs go, that just scares me. I mean, I, I avoided them in general because I wasn't sure. I know Sanders finally found the end zone, but how much is he really going to get used? And Gainwell was getting used last week as well. So I'm not really all in on the Eagles backfield, but you drafted them to play them. So I don't think it's a bad idea to to roll out Miles Sanders. But if you have a better option, I would I would go that route. Uh, yeah, I, I think Sanders is an okay option this week. I don't really want to roll out Gainwell or Boston Scott or anybody else there. I think uh, Jalen Hurts is way more likely to get a rushing touchdown than anybody else. But if you drafted Miles Sanders, you're probably going to have to start him. He had a good week last week. And so he's he's an okay play as your RB2 or your flex. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, okay. So we did have some changes to our, uh, DFS challenge that we did. Uh, um, when Michael Pittman was ruled out, we agreed that we would, uh, make a change to our lineups so that we didn't, we weren't down a player. So, uh, Josh went with uh, scary Terry, Terry McLaurin for the Washington commanders. And I went with Amon Ross St. Brown, um, in, in that game. I, I like Amon Ross St. Brown. I like scary Terry too. I think both of those guys could be Good, good pivots for us uh, just to keep it, you know, even and interesting. So uh, we'll, we'll have those on our Monday episode to see, or sorry, we'll actually, yeah, we'll probably have them on our Monday night episode because we're going to record probably Monday night. So um, we'll see who, who pulls out the, the win in, in our first official DFS challenge with an actual penalty. So, but uh, thank you guys so much for, for tuning in with just the two of us this week. Uh, we did, you know, like we said, we did have a little bit of uh, connection issues and stuff with recording remotely, but we appreciate everyone, you know, sticking through it with us. And, uh, you know, it was a good episode 11, um, you know, glad to glad to be rolling out ep- uh, episodes weekly here. We should have them going out, like we said, Monday night. So Tuesday morning, uh, Wednesday for the Thursday night preview games and then Saturday morning. So you guys can get the last of our 
our um, week two previews or weekly previews uh, in time for the Sunday night game. So look forward to all those episodes and hit that uh, like and follow button for us. We really appreciate all the love that we've been getting. Um, you can find us on our main Twitter page at best coast FF. You can find me at BCFF underscore Brandon, Josh, who is not here. You can still find him at BCFF underscore Josh. Yeah. And you can find me at BCF underscore Jordan. Thanks a lot, y'all. We appreciate everybody. And uh, I'm excited for week two. Let's go. All right, let's do this. Uh, I'm going to throw this in there really quick. I did get to beat Jordan week one in our dynasty. So boop. going to put that in there really quick at the end. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll have a rematch later so this year. For, we'll see how it goes. In. <laughs> yes, we will. All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much and uh, good luck in week two.